Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Align Freedom Podcast. It has been a long minute. I took an unintentional hiatus from the podcast and basically took the summer and most of the fall off. Like I said, this was completely unintentional, uh, but it's been a wild few months. I am going to share more about what I've been up to and what's been happening in the background in next week's episode where I will dive deep into my own personal evolution, what I have been going through, the changes I am experiencing, and kind of what to expect going forward. But today's episode is not about that. Today's episode is actually an interview that I recorded back in July, and I have been meaning to record the introduction to this podcast interview because it is just so amazing, but did not come around to it until today. So here we go. Today's um, interview is with Jess Krieger. She is a business mentor and marketing genius. I've personally worked with Jess and can attest to her amazing mind and how she really helps her clients navigate this entire marketing space. So Jess is a business mentor who helps her clients elevate strategically and energetically so multiple six figures become the most logical possible outcome of what they're going and what they're going to do and who they're becoming. Okay, I am so excited about this interview. Jess and I talk about the power of combining energy with strategy to create a sustainable growth in your business. We talk about the importance of really being results oriented and focusing on service and delivering results, especially in today's really loud coaching space where it's all about making sales and how good you are at marketing. And a lot of times we get into these circles and they don't deliver the results we were expecting. So how can we as ethical coaches, really show up and focus on service and results. So taking that ethical approach to marketing and sales to ensure that your business grows with a great reputation. So you are someone that people seek out because you deliver massive results. So if that's something you're interested in, which I'm sure you are, then you're going to want to listen to this episode. It's a great conversation between Jess and I, and I'm excited for you to be here and listen. And I can't can't wait for you to dive in. I'm Navneet Mann, lawyer turned online entrepreneur. I help unfulfilled professionals start an online business that makes an impact so they can finally leave their draining careers and have ultimate freedom, control, and fulfillment in their lives. Using the power of self-discovery, subconscious science, and business strategy, I will help you transition out of your unfulfilling career and into a freedom-based business that you love. This is the Aligned Freedom Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Aligned Freedom Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest that I am going to be interviewing. Um, this is Jess Krieger. Jess is a business mentor to folks who are scaling to multiple six figures in their businesses, and she is brilliant at what she does. So I'm really excited to have you here, Jess. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Okay. So before we dive into all of the juicy details, why don't we start off by just sharing a little bit about what you do um, currently, and then we're going to kind of move backwards and talk about how you got here. Yeah, sounds good. It's definitely been a quite the journey to get here. So I think that's a good start. So yeah, I'm a business mentor. Thank you for that intro. I work with my clients who have typically service-based businesses and I help them with the strategic side and the energetic internal side of growing to multiple six figures and essentially closing the gaps that stand between them, what they're doing right now and getting to the point where multiple six figures just generally becomes the most natural possible outcome of what they're doing and who they're being. I genuinely, truly believe that if we have a service that is valuable, 
anybody is capable of doing this if it is the type of result that you actually want. If it's something that you're driven to build towards, there's no reason that you can't have it. All we need to do is close those gaps between you and where you are right now, where you want to be. It is that simple. And so that's what we do. I love this. Okay. And if you're listening, you probably don't see me getting all excited and basically just saying amen to everything Jess said. Um, one of the things that I love that you do, Jess, and I'm a huge, huge, huge proponent of this as well, is marrying the strategy with the energetics, the internal work, some of that woo that we all need to kind of bring out and be that energetic match for six figures and wherever we're at, you know, whether you're scaling to five, 10 figures or six or five or 10 K or six figures in your business, it doesn't matter because it's that it's the combination of the strategy, but also the internal work that's going to get you there. And I, I just love that. That's what you lead with in, in your work. Uh, thank you for that. And I'm so glad you just mentioned something there. Cause I also want to just really um, emphasize here while I am typically talking about multiple six figures, cause that's what my clients are working towards. I genuinely believe that like what we do to get to multiple six figures is really just optimizing what we have done to get to six figures. So it's not about completely changing a business model or reinventing something. It's typically mm. new pricing structures, getting rid of things that are not working and focusing more on what is working, but people really just overcomplicate scaling in the online space. And there's just so many more possibilities than I think people really realize. And it's a lot closer than I think a lot of people realize too. Yeah. And I really want to dive into that um, a little bit further in a minute um, and talk about just what you said about simplifying things and, and what scaling really looks like. But let's first dive into how you kind of came to be a business mentor and have all of this success. Where did you start off? I know you, like me, come from like a more structured background in, in your career. So can you share just briefly about what you were doing prior to this and what led you to become a business mentor and coach? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this was never the initial intention and it's not ever where I thought I would be when I started as an entrepreneur. I honestly never thought that I would be an entrepreneur. I'm 31 now when I was in university going to business school. I always thought of entrepreneurship as like you have to create a new product or you have to open a store. Um, yeah like that. And I was just always like, no, absolutely not for me. Um, and so, yeah, I got my business degree. I worked at one of the big five banks in Canada for a few years in my early twenties, immediately hating life. <laughs> yep. in- I did the same thing. <laughs> I swear. There's so many of us that come from banking. It actually yeah. blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Yeah. So I did that for a few years, was really unsatisfied and wanted to explore my creative side a little bit more when I was kind of browsing jobs while I was working as a financial advisor. The things that I was drawn to the most were communications, marketing style roles, and I didn't have the experience to get those kind of jobs. So I did a one-year diploma on top of my degree. So a few years after graduating, I did this one-year diploma for public relations, which got me immediately into a role actually at another bank. Funnily enough, that was not on purpose, just happened, but ended up at another bank doing marketing and communications. So that ended up being basically what I would say would have been my dream job. I definitely was never a person. And even when I was young, going to school was never particularly excited about like the nine to five grind, the corporate having to get up and commute lifestyle. So this role that I got was actually work from home before it was cool kind of thing back in the day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so it really was the dream job and it had a like pretty good focus on culture. We don't need to get into all of that, but it, it really was as far as any working for someone else kind of position can be. It was a good job, good team, great people, loved the people that I worked with. And I was still just six months in and so incredibly unfulfilled, not making mm. as much money as I wanted to and looking at the people above me in that role and seeing how much of their life they had to sell away in order yes. to 
grow within that kind of role. And it was just like, this is not for me. And so while I was doing that, and because I was privileged enough to have that remote role, I didn't even know this whole online ecosystem really existed yet. But I knew that I had that skill of copywriting that I could Mm -hmm. sell people hire copywriters. So I was like, okay, this is a skill I have that I can sell. Let me figure out how to do this online. And that's actually how I got started. I did freelance. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was my initial foray into actually making money for myself. And so I did build that into the start of my business and over time got more and more specialized in writing sales copy for actually a lot of coaches is what I did back in the day. And while I was doing that, I was building my social media presence and the way that I was building on Instagram and Facebook was really just focusing on teaching people for free how to write better content on their own. Of course, newer entrepreneurs couldn't hire whole teams of people and their own copywriters. Uh, and pay them thousands to write sales pages for them. So I was teaching people how to write sales pages, teaching people how to write sales content. And that inspired my first, I'm going to say in quotes here, coaching offer years ago, which was just purely about writing better content, writing content that would attract and sign clients. And I did that. It actually sold out in just a few days, <laughs> the whole journey. That's incredible. After, yeah. The whole, I don't want to, uh, the whole, the whole journey after that was not always that fast and that easy. It was an initial yeah. of spark of momentum. That was really incredible. And the program went really well. And so I found that I was having so much more fun doing that, even though I was making less money initially, of course, doing that, than I was in the done for you copywriting. Um, and this is simultaneously while you still have your work from home job, right? Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah, I was definitely hustling back then. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and yeah, so I was having way more fun doing that though. And so I decided to start dropping the done for you side and focus on more of that teaching mentoring side. Right. like I said, my very first offer, and I think this is actually really important, is um, it was on a skill that I just knew that I had, that I knew that I could teach others how to do. And it yes. didn't need to be everything. Like I didn't come in teaching people how to make six figures, how to make 10K months. Like I think we think that we need to put all of these huge results because that's what we're attracted to when we're looking at other people that we might be thinking about hiring. But yeah we don't need any of that. The thing that's going to sell is the thing that you actually truly genuinely know that you are the best at and know that you are the best to serve your specific ideal clients in. And so when we feel like we're out of integrity, our offer is not going to sell unless we're some kind of sociopath or something who just doesn't care about that kind of thing. But most people will self-sabotage if they're trying to sell something they don't feel they can deliver. And so I really focused on what I knew I could sell that copywriting skill. I knew I could transfer it. I knew I could teach other people that. And that's how my first coaching offer grew. Wow. 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 There's so many directions that I want to go. Thank you for sharing (laughs) your story is absolutely incredible. And you touched on the pieces that I wanted to highlight anyways, one being the fact that you doubled down on a skill you already had. You were already an expert in writing. You had that skill set, you know, whether it comes from education, whether it comes from your work experience, lived experience, whatever it is, it's something you felt confident about. And you went all in on that, right? Starting with the baby steps of doing it, you know, done for you services and then writing the content and teaching people how to do it to scaling to a group coaching offer. And that's how it's done. And you're absolutely right. People get so caught up in, the glitz and glamour and making their work sound so sexy and making it like what they think the world needs. And all that does is make us blend in with every single person out there that's doing the same thing. And everybody's got imposter syndrome because it's, it's kind of out of their reach, you know? So I just want to really 
highlight that you chose something that you already felt an expert in. And this is what I preach to my clients and anyone that will listen is start with what you're confident with, start with what you're good at and really think, can I deliver this result? Can I confidently ethically deliver this result and help somebody? Right. And you touched on the ethical piece, which is where I was going to go next as well is, um, and I've been talking about this and let me know if you agree, Jess, is that people have become so good at marketing and marketing magicianing and like really using seductive language that they've become so good at attracting people. And then they've built a lot of like, say, psychology-based sales skills, right? You can be really, really good at sales, but then when somebody gets into your program and you're not delivering that sexy, seductive result, that is leaving a sour taste in people's mouths. And are you seeing a lot of this in the industry? Because I'm seeing a ton of it and I'm so tired of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where a lot of, I mean, some people may have noticed this, some people may not have. It's definitely been very noisy in some of my feeds in this past quarter, I would say, as people talking about all of these, how trends are shifting in the industry and people aren't buying like they used to and high ticket doesn't sell like it used to. And like, you can just insert any industry Mm. kind of opinion (laughs) within that. And it's something that I've definitely been observing. I don't play into it too much myself. Um, but I do see that kind of thing really coming from like, yes, this online coaching space, it is a newer space still. It's still quite young. And I think that a lot of these shifts that people are noticing are actually a very positive thing because back in 2018, for example, you could slap 10 K months onto the end of a title and people would buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, it that's a little bit oversimplifying, but it almost was that easy. And it's not that easy anymore. Our buyers are getting more empowered. They are smarter because yeah, more sophisticated, right? Exactly. They are more sophisticated. They are getting better at really knowing what to look for. And I'm I'm not sure about yourself, but I definitely have joined programs that I never should have been in at that stage in my business. I've had many of my clients, I'd say most of my clients actually have come out of programs where they'll spend six months somewhere and come out having like felt like they had a really nice relationship with this person, but hold on, nothing has actually changed in my business. I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. And that's a very, very common practice or people coming out of programs where the leader of the program has a deeper relationship with her contract lawyer than she does with her clients. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely been in those containers myself and I've been burnt by certain investments that I've made. I take full responsibility for my investments because that was a decision I made. And You know, I'm always trying to look at the brighter side and say, okay, well, what did I gain from this experience? Even if the bare minimum I gained is how I don't want to show up and how I don't want to be in this world, you know, and like show up being a better coach or mentor myself and delivering on what I said. Um, And if that's the bare minimum I get out of a huge, I'm okay with that. But it's something that I'm seeing quite a bit of recently. And I think a lot of people say that are wanting to break into this space or wanting to grow, feel a lot of pressure because they think that they have to deliver these massive, huge, seductive results and make these huge promises. And then to your point earlier, they self-sabotage because they're not an energetic match for, for the thing that they think that they have to sell. So how do you suggest people kind of maneuver around this noisy world where people want to grow. And there's a lot of really genuine people. And I'm not saying other coaches are not genuine. That's not my intention at all. But there's lots of people that have a deeper intention to really help and serve and, and create deeper impact and just make a difference. But they feel that they can't break through the noise, because they don't have these huge seductive promises that other people have. So what would you say to folks that are in those shoes? Yeah. And 
I just, you know, before going down how to actually do that, I do just want to say it really is, it's not about shitting on anybody in the industry. And I think anybody can go into any program and have a varying experience for various different reasons. And so Absolutely. Um, I really, at this stage in my life, I don't really worry about what other people are doing in their businesses. And so for the sake of this conversation, it's definitely important to talk about but there's so many different ways to run a business and so many ways that are very valid to run a business. My way is not the only way. It's just the way that works for me. It's the way that resonates for my clients and the way that they actually like to grow. But these programs that are built around that fancy marketing and just getting better and better and better at marketing, if that's what people are interested in and that's what they want to do, all the power to them. And so That being said, to answer the question that you actually just asked and how to navigate this when you are seeing all of these big claims and feeling like you need to compete and maybe feeling like a little fish in a big pond is it is so much easier to come out on top when you fully believe in what you're selling. And it it can get really noisy online and we, there's so much good to it where we have access to people, clients, mentors, friends, peers, acquaintances that we never would have known without social media. I'm in Canada. I know you're, you live pretty close to me. Yeah. Most of my clients are in the UK, just happens to have worked out that way. Oh, it's interesting. Um, and so that's a really positive thing. And then on the challenging side of that is we do, we have so much more noise mm-hmm. than we might have otherwise had. And so there's so much steal my strategy. Here's my, here's my content strategy. Here's my templates. And so plug and play, just do what I do. Yeah, exactly. And so there's so much like plugging mediocre messaging into mediocre templates for mediocre offers and it's creating mediocre results. And when, if we just step back from all the marketing, all the noise, for a moment and look at, okay, so what is the service that I'm selling? What is the transformation that Mm I am delivering? Do real humans, like, are there humans who will want this transformation to the point that they will pay for it? Where they're thinking, if I could give someone money in exchange for just guaranteeing that I have this thing, would they do that? That's Mm -hmm. the first, first level here. Like you have to have that. You have to have actual people need to want what you have. Yes. (gasps) Yes. And once you do have that, now we can move away from, okay, how do I make this into really fancy marketing? And instead we really focus on, okay, so if this is something that people actually want and I'm making sure that I am bringing what I need to bring to the table in order for them to succeed in this, Now all I need to do is communicate that. So the right people buy it. And part of our people succeeding in our offers is bringing the right people into those offers. I think something, particularly if you have a lot of newer entrepreneurs in your audience, we always, we want to serve everyone. We want to help everyone. We want to save everyone. We know that the the thing. I call it the coach's curse. Like yes. We want to just help everybody. Yes. And when we help everyone, we help no one, you know? Yes. yes. And I would not only say like when you're trying to talk to everyone, yes, you talk to no one. That is a, you know, it's kind of a cliche in this industry for a reason. It is so true. And to take that a level deeper, I would, my take is actually that that is an unethical way of doing business mm. because there are people who are not set up to be successful in our programs. My clients need to bring a certain level of understanding of expertise. They need to have already qualified the transformation they're selling, for example, in order for me to be able to say, yes, I am extremely confident. I know there's no reason that we can't get you to 20K months. I can't say that to somebody if I don't already know that they're good at what they do. And so it's on me to make sure that I am communicating what my people need to bring to the table. I need to know what my people need to bring to the table so that when we combine their experience and expertise, commitment, personality, even with my commitment, experience, expertise, and mentorship that we know that they can succeed. And so when I can communicate that through my content to bring the right people into my offers, 
the industry trends, the economy, mm. all this other stuff, it doesn't matter. I'm selling the result that my best clients want. And so they buy it, they succeed because they're succeeding. They stay longer, they renew, they upgrade, they send referrals. My retention rate is extremely high. All of this fancy marketing stuff, like I don't need to be always pushing new, 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 new mm. things new clients to make new money because I can focus on the delivery of what it is that I invest at. I think that is so brilliantly put. And one of the things that what I have observed is missing for a lot of these coaches is what you said about knowing as a coach service provider, however you want to label yourself as a mentor, knowing who is this a right fit for my services and who is it not a right fit for? And I think so many um, people get caught up in this scarcity. If I don't say yes to this potential client, if I don't serve them, um, I'm not going to get another client. Like I actually had a mentor who used to say, it doesn't matter. Give them whatever they think they want. Just tell them you're going to deliver and then make it right later. And that never really sat well with me because A, it's me then promising lavish promises or, or saying things that just don't feel ethically aligned or not really are a deliverable in my program. Um, not that I did this. I'm just saying like, this is my thought process on this whole concept. Um, and then number two, it's now I'm bringing in a group of people who are not going to be set up to succeed with what I'm offering them. And then it creates a lot of frustration, both for the coach, but also for the client, because now that promise doesn't match the delivery. And really, if you just knew exactly what you deliver and who you deliver it for and who it's not for, and you can do that filtering in, in, the, in the beginning levels um, through your content and whatnot, it's it's probably setting you up and your client up for the most le highest level of success possible rather than bringing them in and then trying to maneuver and, you know, make things fit into what they thought they needed. That leaves people really disappointed. And I think that's why we see people getting more burnt or feeling burnt um, with these promises. So, you know, if there's anybody listening, like, please, please, please take what Jess just said to heart and really understand that there is a level of yourself understanding who you're positioned to serve and how, and then ethically being able to, you know, just being in integrity and <laughs> delivering on that result to the right person that would get rid of so much, I think of the the stress and anxiety that comes with running a business, if we could just get clear on that. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. And I always like to tell my clients that like, sometimes we need to say no to the thing that will potentially make us $2,000 today. So we can make $20,000 next month, like say no to those people who come in and are just throwing red flags at you and, you know, saying, Oh, I, I actually, you know, I've never worked with a client and I just want to create something that's going to make me as much money as possible, as quickly as possible. I don't even really know what I'm delivering. Like, can I succeed in this? Yeah. Can you help me figure it out? Yeah. And you know what? I, I have worked with people at those very, very beginning stages. And some of the things that I've identified, even though I said, like, I want you to have an expertise and things like that. Sometimes people come in thinking they have a certain level of expertise and then imposter syndrome kicks in and they don't feel confident and then it's it's just a downward spiral from there. So I like that you help or one of your criteria is saying like, hey, do you already have something that's working? That's that's getting transformative results and like that we can now scale, right? Which is where your work is. And I think that's beautiful because you've been able to identify the exact right client for yourself. What would you recommend to folks who are more in the beginning stages and maybe they haven't fully flushed out who their ideal client is. They're experts. They do, they do things well, kind of like when you were, you know, starting off as a copywriter, they know they have a skill set. Um, maybe they've helped a few people, they've charged some money, but they're just not at a place where they're getting consistent clients. Um, what would you recommend on how they can identify who they can help, who they can't help, and who's the right fit? 
Yeah. Okay. I'm so glad that you asked this. And I just want to be so clear as well, you know, with my statement right before you asked this question, it's not a, anything against a new entrepreneur. I was a new entrepreneur just a few years ago. We all start from zero. And so it's not about not being able to succeed as a new entrepreneur. Um, what I'm talking more about is I think something that's very common, particularly in this industry and with social media and with a lack of context, a lack of understanding and maybe consuming content that's not necessarily targeted towards you, but consuming mm. it is targeted towards you. Oh, that's a good point <laughs> is, um, people who want to start coaching because they think that they're going to be able to just like have their laptop at the pool and make a shit ton of money. Yeah. And just by like talking to people all day. Yes. Is that like kind of what uh, it is? I mean, a little bit. So many people have that impression though, and that that's their level of awareness when it comes to yeah. this industry. So I'm glad you're touching on this. Yes. So the, you know, when I say red flags that I'm talking about there is when people come to me and they tell me, I don't want to do marketing. I don't want to have to show up every day. I don't want to have to do blah, 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 blah. Like they just want to work with clients and they want to make multiple six figures and they want to work two hours a day right from the start. And it's just not realistic. Like you can get Mm. to that point where you are working much less. And when you have that reputation behind you, it gets easier and easier to sell. The first year as a coach, like making your first thousand dollars is so much harder than growing, like growing from 5k months to 20k months is so much easier than making that first 5k month. So that red flag piece that I'm talking about is the people who come in, who don't actually have a desire to serve. And so I love money. My clients love money. I love making money. I love helping people make money. Like, I think it's fantastic. It's a driver. Um, Money goals set a, they're a very important part of my process for setting the context of who I need to be and what I need to do in order to continue to grow. And I love it. I'm not that like, don't talk about money person. I talk about money every day. I'm with you. Let's empower people to normalize this. Like why, when did money ever become a taboo anyways? Like, why is that in our, you know, in our society? So I am 100% with you. Like, let's all be open about this and talk about money. Yes. Uh, Well, my kind of cheeky take is that anybody who is like shitting on people for talking about 10 K months or talking about multiple six figures, it's just people who haven't figured out how to make that money yet. So, uh, (laughs) ouch. (laughs) You just don't see people who are making it complaining about it. That's all I'm saying. True. That's true. That's true. Amen. <laughs> um, and so that being said, though, it has to be balanced with that desire to serve and with that obsession for delivering and for being the best at delivering and for actually building a business also, because it's completely valid to say, you know, like, I don't want to do marketing. I don't want to show up on social media. I just want to coach Mm -hmm. my clients. And I think that this has also been a big marketing message a couple of years ago as well, which has really grown in the industry. But if you don't want to do marketing, you don't want to do all of the business stuff. You want a job, like you want a job as a coach. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Because being an entrepreneur comes with wearing all of those hats, you know, and you're right. I've heard that message quite a bit is like helping people who hate marketing and don't want to market and don't want to show your face. If you never want to show your face and never want to create content, then this is the program for you. But it's like, wait, how (laughs) is that really accurate? Because is that person going to see the growth that they're expecting? Exactly. This We are in an industry where most of us are a personal brand. And the emphasis on being personal, you know, like people want to see your face. They want to understand if I'm going to give you thousands of dollars, I know who you are. I've seen you. I can resonate with you. I like you. I can trust you. And I think that's a big part that's that's missing. Um, a lot of people I've noticed uh, that come from corporate feel that way. They don't feel comfortable necessarily showing their face right away or my old boss is going to know or my colleagues are going to know. Can't I just have a alias name and just post something. I was like, wait, and 
would you pay somebody thousands of dollars that had a fake name and a fake picture and wanted and claimed that they could help you? Like where it's a very personalized space that we're in. It It's about creating connection and resonating with folks and finding folks that resonate with us to support us on our journey. And it's a, it's a intimate process, you know? So my, my take on that is that if you don't want to show up, then is this really something that you're going to be highly successful in? Are you going to get that, that lifestyle of only working two hours a day and serving clients? If you're not even willing to do the upfront work that, that requires, you know, that's required for that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, yeah, I, it's hard work. Like we work hard, but it doesn't always have to be hard, but Mm -hmm. we have to master that hard before it gets easy. And so in the beginning it is hard. And I think we need to normalize the hard a little bit. Like it's okay. That is hard. And So can we be okay with it being hard and that we're going to do that work until it gets easy and until we get to have the results that we want. And so, you know, to bring this back to if I'm a much newer entrepreneur, if I'm just looking at this space and I'm like, okay, I am, I so want to serve. Like I feel so called to this. I want to deliver something amazing. I want to really actively collaborate with clients. The starting point, like where I would start if I was going back is just get yourself out there, get yourself as much experience as possible. Um, we don't need to be so precious about how much we're charging our very first clients. If we're making any money at all. Um, one of my very successful clients who has had a very unique speed of growth, she just started last January. So January, 2022, um, she got to multiple six figures by the end of that year. She spent the first quarter working for free. She was showing up every single day. She was doing free calls. She was doing free programs, beta offers at very low prices, testing, 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 delivering, delivering, delivering her service. And that's how she spent the whole first quarter of the year, making almost no money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But because she was able to get so good at delivering something by getting herself that much experience, she started having some of those clients sign on as paid. She now had results that she could actually speak to and show. So she could sell very confidently with the kind of conviction behind her that people need in order to actually want to pay us. And she was able to come out very quickly with very strong offers and clients and grew extremely fast from there. While most people will spend that entire first year trying to kind of like flip flop from offer to offer to offer, feeling really wishy-washy on what they're even really selling, only partially committed and almost even feeling embarrassed to do things for too low of a price or for free or anything like that. But she sacrificed those three months and it set her up for so much success. So while she might've made a little less cash than she potentially could have in those three months, when we zoomed it out to a year, she hit massive, massive success. And it is the type of success and the type of fast growth that most people won't have because most people won't do that. Do the hard thing. Yeah. I, wow. That's such a good story. Um, and result that you shared because it really showcases that there's a level of commitment that is involved in this type of success. And most people are just not willing to do it, or they think that they're committed, but their commitment is to the, the vision of success And then that's where they start to flip flop, like you said, or, or I shared like a couple of pieces of content about this and nobody wanted it. So this might not be it. Let me test something else. And they just keep flipping instead of committing to one idea, one concept, and then testing that over and over again. And I think there is a stigma um, behind perhaps doing free services 
But what we don't realize, or many people don't realize is it's those conversations, those services, those like, interactions that actually feed the thing that is going to be the paid offer later on. That's where you get your clarity. Like if anything, treat it like market research that you get. Like it's such a, um, it's such a privilege to be able to work with someone who could be your ideal client, even if it is for free for now, because you're gaining so much experience and delivering a result that is changing their life. That, like you said, you can leverage and really speak with conviction to later. Um, what would you say is kind of the, how do you figure out what that thing is that you want to commit to? And I know you're working with people who already have that expertise, but there's a lot of people that are in this stage of figuring out, like, what is the service I'm providing? How am I helping people? And then they just keep going around in circles. And it, and sometimes that is also self-sabotage because it's just, you know, delaying, <laughs> taking action. But if people are feeling confused or lost and can't commit to one thing, what, what kind of advice do you have for them or what, what can they do? So I would say commit to the thing you know that you're good at and let it grow from there. My business is so different now than it was when I started. It's so different than it was a year ago. Um, it's never going to be what you think it's going to be on your day one. So start with like what you know you can do, um, ideally something that you would be excited to do. And just remember what you're starting with doesn't have to be what your business looks like forever. Um, it's extremely important to niche our offers. That doesn't mean that your entire business has to be that niche. So what's the next client you want to sign and what's the thing you want to help them do? So for me, it started with, let me help you create content that is actually going to attract paying clients instead of a bunch of like Instagram besties and likes and shares, but actually people who are going to come to you and want to pay you. That was that's what I did. And as my expertise grew from my experience and from hiring my own mentors and from actually growing a business and my whole journey along the way, I was able to then bring in much more elements to build out very robust coaching programs. Mm -hmm. but it started with that one specific piece that I just, because that's what I knew I was good at. So start with what you know and allow yourself to grow from there and commit like it's you gotta fully commit I could have been full-time so much faster if I had that like full all-in commitment faster because as soon as I did I made a 90-day commitment to myself like wow. really a 90-day commitment and within that 90 days I did hit what I needed in order to be able to leave my job I I wasn't even working with a mentor at that time. It was from taking what I had already learned from other mentors and from what I already knew I needed to do and actually just fully committing and not dropping off, not chasing shiny objects, not chasing squirrels, not, not letting it go when it got hard, but actually moving through it and holding that commitment for a full 90 days I got there. Um, so I could have done it faster, but I needed to have that full commitment first. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. When it comes to a 90 day commitment for yourself, what does that look like? Is it just, I'm going to spend 90 days focused on this one niche and deliver, deliver, deliver. Is it something like what your client did where it's about getting as much experience and not worrying about the um, financial outcome? What, what does that look like? Yeah. And so, you know, to bring a little clarity in here too, it's, it is different for everyone. Of course, like I didn't do a ton of free coaching, but I had built the copywriting side and had that skill that I was very, that I could sell because I could show like, Hey, I wrote these sales pages and they led to like these kind of results for this type of client. And so that was something that I was able to bring into some mentorship. My client that I'm talking about, she did a like life coaching certification and didn't have any coaching experience. And so mm -hmm. other than what she had in her certification. So what she was doing was going out and actually doing coaching for free. Yeah. So like if you have a skill in your corporate role that transfers to what you want to build your business around, you get to do that. Like it's going to look different for every buddy. It's not exactly the same kind of entry point, but 
now to answer your question in terms of the 90 day commitment, it was just not letting myself off the hook anymore. It was, I'm going to achieve this goal or nothing. Like I will get to the goal or nothing. <laughs> like there was no other, um, oh, if I don't make it, I'll just stay in my job kind of thing anymore. It was just, I'm going to keep working until I achieve this goal. Period. <laughs> That's it. I'm not going to let myself off. Yeah. And this actually segues perfectly into like what I wanted to ask you about before we wrap up is we talked about energy and internal work in the beginning of this conversation. How does that energy-based work play into one's success as an online entrepreneur, um, either based on your own experience and how you leveraged that to reach the high levels of success that you have now? Let's start with that, actually, and then we can talk about what others can do. (laughs) Yeah, so I have a very logical kind of approach to this, you know, like you mentioned, like the kind of woo side earlier. And I mean, I love it. I'm into it. And I do have a very logical approach to it from, again, coming from, you know, similar to you, the business degree, the banking, the marketing, like (laughs) there was no mindset, no energy work in the first bit of my, that was a big kind of shock to me as I had to do all of that internal work to grow. Mm. But to put it quite simply, how we're feeling when we're doing something makes or breaks what we're doing, like the effectiveness of what we're doing. So Mm. I can have the, the strategy part is very easy. We can sit down for half an hour and you tell me what you do and I can help you make a great transformation statement with some great content ideas with some great titles and it can be so clear. It can sound so compelling. But then if you're going out and you're thinking, this isn't going to work for me anyways, I don't even actually want clients because I've been signing all these people who are not really aligned fits. And so I resent all my clients and I'm upset every time I have to have calls. And that's kind of what your subconscious is doing. So then you're going and you're trying to show up and go live and write posts and make sales. The the words you're going to use, the access to inspiration that you're going to have is going to be so much less effective, so much less activating and have a very different result than taking that those same strategic pieces and implementing with them, them with an energy of, I'm going to create 20K months. I love my clients. I'm so excited for these people that I'm going to get to collaborate with. This is the best possible thing they could do. You know what? I actually better go talk about this because they need to find me first because they're going to be better if they work with me than anybody else. So instead of watching Netflix right now, let me just go talk about this for a minute because if they go hire someone else first, they're going to be worse off for it. Like, it's got service level, like high level of conviction, but also just like this really, really deep, like, I need to help you. I know I can help you. And this is going to be the right thing for you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And even, you know, thinking things like, oh, you know, if this doesn't work out, then I'll just stay at my job. I'm Mm. first of all, I want to be so clear. Do not quit your job until you have income to support you. Like, unless you're like literally dying there and have to quit for your mental health or something like that, like personal decisions. Absolutely. But don't listen to people who tell you to quit your job because that's what being all in in business is. You can be all in. I think it's easier to be all in and to build a more in integrity business from the beginning when you have money coming in, that's taking care of your life and actually funding your business in the beginning and keeping your nervous system regulated. Yes. And because you don't need to chase cash either, you can go a few months without making any money and focus on the thing that's actually going to serve your people the most. Now, tangents, we love a tangent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As for the energy piece though, it still is like, I, like I had a time when it was, you know, let me just try this and see what happens. If it doesn't work out, I have my job. I'll just stay with my job. I'll just have my job, blah, 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 blah. And so the energy that goes into that though, is things like summertime, I'm going to be traveling for two weeks. I've got my job. It's fine. I didn't show up at all. Didn't create any results that, Mm -hmm. you know, like 
it just everything totally plateaued versus having that all in entrepreneur mindset this or nothing else kind of approach it's okay i'm traveling i'm going away for two weeks i'm still gonna actually come in and create opportunities for my people to buy i'm going to keep doing what i need to do in order to have the result that i want like it affects the decisions we make it affects how we show up in conversations it affects the choices we make um such a good quick example of this one of my clients actually um you know we all love to complain about the cold dms and the bro marketing and everything and the like hey i love your content how like what are your goals kind of thing. <laughs> um and so how often do we just delete those block them whatever i know i do the same but my client received a message from somebody one day who didn't follow her and who had hundreds of thousands of followers and a seven figure business already mm -hmm. all this person said said to my client was do you offer one to one coaching now i don't know about you but I've gotten messages like that in the past that just lead to things like, oh, you should do this, this, and this. Oh, yeah. let me offer you my service. Like it's an yeah. opener. It's a, it's a kind of shady marketing opener, right? Yeah, I've definitely had those. Yes. And so with this particular client, we had been actually working on being more open to opportunity, being less resentful of the industry and just vibing and doing her thing and really focusing on service. And so my client received this message that very much looked like it would just be somebody marketing to her. Opens the message, decides instead of deleting it, like she would have a couple months ago, I'm going to respond to this message like I would anyone else asking me about my coaching offer. And so she responded, yeah. love and kindness, let her know about her offer. Person signed up, paid in full the next day. <laughs> Amazing. That is pure energy. She never would have known that she missed that opportunity if she took that half a second to just delete, block, ignore, mark as read, whatever. She never would have known that it was a missed opportunity. Yep. And it was purely because she had, she was in that energetic space where instead of opening that message and having that gut reaction of like, oh, like screw off, like get out of my DMs, don't try to market to me, like I'm going to block you like so many of us might have very rightfully so honestly, but purely because she had that very open energy, that's how she responded. And that's the result that she got because she was actually open to getting that result. Yeah. That's a beautiful example of just staying in that openness, like energetically being available to things, even if they look different than we expect. And I think that's something where we get caught up on is I might be manifesting something. I might have these goals and I have an idea of how that should be delivered to me, but the universe works in mysterious ways. And there's, you know, things will come to us in wrapped in packages that we might not expect, but staying open to any of those possibilities, I think is very, very powerful. Um, earlier, you had mentioned something about if we are trying to sell something that we do not fully feel comfortable with, or, you know, we don't fully feel, um, that confidence of delivery. It doesn't matter what we're telling ourselves or how good we get at marketing, um, because we won't really sell that. Tell me how that plays a role in, from an energetic standpoint and what to do instead. Yeah. So this is such a nuanced one. So we'll just use the example of like, let's say 10 K months, for example. Mm -hmm. So say you're, you are a business coach and you're a newer business coach and you've never hit 10 K months and you're selling 10 K months. It's probably not going to work very well because you wouldn't hire, you wouldn't want to hire you. <laughs> yes. That's, that's the thing we should all keep a sticky note of Would I hire me. Yeah. And you have a really valuable service to offer. There's things that you can really help people with. It's just that you don't really feel truly certain that you can actually help your people achieve this result. And so you can't bring the kind of conviction. You don't have access to the type of inspiration that's actually going to attract the type of client who's going to pay for an outcome of 10K months because you're constantly having to battle with yourself and thinking you have to think so hard about what to say and you have to be so not yourself and mm. whereas when you're selling something that you're so certain about 
and that you know you can deliver and that you know what your people need to bring to the table to deliver, it it's just doesn't even feel like marketing anymore. It is. It's truly just communicating what you know to be true, which then feeds that certainty into the right people that you want to attract. So trying, it's so, so sabotaging when we are slapping things on that we don't actually embody ourselves and that we don't believe we can deliver because the marketing is just going to fall so flat. It's going to be so boring at best. It's going to sound like a copy of a bunch of other people out there because you can't bring the level of nuance, the level of expertise that really comes through on those deeper levels in our content. Like it's not my tagline that make people want to sign with me. It's the fact that they already trust me, that they already feel confident and certain that I deliver for my clients and that they want to be part of that. And so then when I do come in with the right offer, with the right tagline, they already trust me. They already want to pay me. It's on top of that trust that comes from my certainty. That's what I was going to say as well is it's because of the confidence you're already bringing in. So there's two kind of um, energies at play. It's the energy that you have as the person who's offering the service, because you're so freaking certain about what you're offering and how you can help them that you're so grounded in that. Then it's the energetic antenna that's picking up, you know, from your clients that they're, they're an energetic match because they pick up on that. And then on, you know, the reverse side where we start to see people who are trying to get really good at the marketing and are like, okay, I can sell these 10 K months because I have a strategy. Maybe I haven't reached it, but I know how, and I can teach you how there's an uncertainty in that energetically, no matter how confident you may look about it. And then people pick up on it on the back end. You know, like, I feel like you can really, I can sense these energies. If I'm like listening to a podcast or like watching somebody's content, like something may just feel off to me and I don't feel fully convinced Therefore, I don't go all in or want to invest in that person. And that's something I try to check with myself too is, okay, like what kind of energetic space am I in if I'm creating content? If I'm feeling like I'm low and in in the dumps, then is that a good place to create from? Because energetically, other people will pick up, up on that as well, right? And the other thing that I wanted to just highlight that you said was when you're so, um, solid and grounded in what you do and are so confident about that content isn't content. It's just something that flows out of you. So you don't, you shouldn't have to sit there and rock your brain and say, Oh shit, what should I talk about today? I have no idea. I I don't know what people want to hear. It's because you're not quite certain that you can help them. You know? Yes. If you don't know what to talk about today, you're not connected enough to your own offer and to your own clients. Like, yeah. Yeah, that is the perfect, perfect like way to wrap this conversation up. If there's one thing that people can take away, I think would be from this conversation is having that level of high conviction and certainty in how you help, whether you're starting off small, you're just beginning, whether you're scaling at every single level, that's what we need. And I so appreciate you opening up and sharing your own experiences and your thoughts on all of this. I think I could probably sit and talk to you for hours just because I'm so intrigued by, by everything that you do and um, just resonate on, on a higher level as well with, with you and your processes and just the way you approach things, because I, I agree very much with, with the way you do things. So thank you for sharing all of this with us today. Thank you so much. It's been so fun. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And we will, I'm going to make my way up to where you live. Just just lives a couple of hours away from me. Um, and we'll definitely get together hopefully in the next few months. So I'll, I'll hit you up. Um, but in the meantime, Jess, where can people find you if they want to work with you, if they love everything you're saying, how can they get connected? Yeah, just come follow me on Instagram. It's at Jess Krieger Coaching. Um, I don't really do many lower ticket offers or anything like a membership. Instead of doing that, I actually closed my membership and now bring as much actionable, valuable content into my free content and then reserve my paid stuff for my highest level clients. So come follow me on Instagram. You will make money from my free content and say hi to like, don't be afraid to say hello to me. Let me know you came from here because I love to talk to you guys. Yes, definitely follow Jess. I will link your, um, your profile in the show notes, but 
I've been following Jess for the past several months and I can definitely agree that you will make money off of her free content. What she shares is incredible. And you're just a really fun person to follow because you really do practice what you preach and you're just so authentically yourself and it is refreshing. Also follow her on threads. You'll find her threads on Instagram. She's really fun to follow on there and just has like some really interesting thoughts and witty thoughts. So please go follow Jess. You're not going to be disappointed. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, so good. Thank you. Yay. I love it. Okay. Thank you so much. Jess. It's been a pleasure having you and I can't wait to have you back one day. Bye.